team, welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. Great to have you here with me on this Friday. Much to discuss. Um, I'm completely losing patience with the day-to-day news cycle of the January 6th worst terrorist attack in the history of the planet nonsense you're seeing in the media. It's pathetic. It's absurd. And we're going to have to really take this on and fight back against it. I also want to talk to you about what's going on in the markets. Uh, I'm doing a lot of trading these days, and I follow things as closely as I can, but I also want to bring in the big guns, if you know what I mean, get some experts who can help guide me making my day-to-day trades in the stock market. Whatever platform you're using to trade, you know, E-Trade or Vanguard or any of these different possibilities out there, TD Ameritrade, you got to know what you're doing or else you can lose a lot of money. Wall Street has been lying for uh, years now, telling folks in Main Street that a few percent is a good return on stocks. It's really not. And that you need so much help from a financial advisor. You can't do any of this yourself. You don't. All you really need is carnivore trading. And that's where folks like you and me are crushing it, even when the market is tough. Carnivore trading is an anonymous team of elite Wall Street strategists. They're legends among heavy hitters, and they've gone a bit rogue. For the first time, they're inviting everyday folks like us to see and mirror their explosive trades. Sound too good to be true? Carnivore will let you see the trades they're making right now for two weeks free. Go to GetOurTrades.com. Use promo code BUCK. Two weeks totally free. You can just see what the service is like. If you join, you'll get Carnivore's leading uh, promise that you'll generate, industry-leading promise that you'll generate three times your fees after your annual paid subscription, or you'll get a 100% refund. Go to GetOurTrades.com, promo code BUCK. That's GetOurTrades.com, promo code BUCK. See website for guaranteed terms and conditions, past performance, not a guarantee of future earnings. I think we're at the point where we just need to say it. Anyone who believes January 6th was an insurrection is an idiot or a liar. I've written about this at BuckSexton.com. There's an op-ed there from me uh, that you can check out where I'm just starting to say, look, guys, there's limits to how much stupidity we, the American people, should have to endure from the mainstream media or the corporate Democrat media, the left, the libs, their ongoing obsession with the rowdy crowd of January 6th has crossed over into the pathological. All right. Pelosi and the rest of the Democrat clowns uh, around her acting like this is 9-11 worthy, a 9-11 commission level event is absolutely insane. All right. They don't need a select committee. They need Xanax. It was a riot. All right. It was a riot. They, they need to stop with the exaggeration of the hysteria. It was not an insurrection. It was not a coup attempt to overturn the United States government. Give it a give it a rest. And, you know, they did the six month anniversary recently. And I've been telling everybody, is that because they're toddlers? I mean, do they mark half birthdays An anniversary is something that happens yearly? But the lib journos are desperate to distract from inflation, soaring gas prices and Biden's mediocre mumblings. Anything is better than letting the public see another Kamala interview on ABC. Uh, but by the way, I, I mentioned that uh, ABC and interviews. Am I am I really when I say that there are people that are claiming this is worse than 9-11? Am I exaggerating? So is that is that the case? Does anyone actually say this, Buck? Or are you just OK? Well, here's Steve Schmidt over at MSNBC, one of the dumbest people on television. Play seven. My friend Matthew Dowd, our friend, 
you know, talked about this. He couldn't be more right. The 1-6 attack for the future of the country is a profoundly more dangerous event than the 9-11 attacks. And in the end, the 1-6 attacks are likely to kill a lot more Americans than were killed on the 9-11 attacks, which will include the casualties of the wars that lasted 20 years following it. We have yeah, had periods you know, of political violence in this country, and it and I believe we're on the edge of another one, tragically. And 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 we have to fight back against it at the ballot box. That this guy goes on TV anywhere is just a reminder that you can be a complete and utter moron and go on television um, and and talk about serious issues and be treated with seriousness and respect by idiot libs who just want to hear this stuff. But it is uh, it is frankly absurd beyond words. It's just insane. I mean, what was the big plan for the so-called insurrection? Only unserious people use that term seriously. I mean, if we were Democrats, we would just say it was a mostly peaceful protest. The violent overthrow of a government would probably take more than bear spray and fire extinguishers. I mean, the most ominous weapon that any of the January 6th organizers seemed to have was QAnon shaman spear. And while that furry hat may be intimidating to people of Jerry Nadler's stature and courage, nobody really believes that QAnon shaman was going to be able to take on the Capitol Hill police and all the law enforcement agencies, the National Guard, all the armed force of the state. But nonetheless, QAnon shaman's been in prison for six months, solitary confinement. So what they're doing is a jaw-dropping and malicious exaggeration of January 6th for political control. That's what they're really up to. And they don't want you to ever ask about the hundreds of riots they cheered on in the name of BLM in 2020. Those were fine, right? Those were no big deal. Even the public health authorities, you'll recall, Fauci and the rest, uh, approved of that during the lockdowns. Democrats are certain that sometimes you have to loot some innocent bystanders' businesses to prove your point about systemic police violence and stick it to the carceral state or whatever. So this is my reminder to you. And as I said, please go to BuckSexon.com. Read, read my whole op-ed there. Uh, I just decided to let it rip last night. The title is Anyone Who Believes January 6th Was an Insurrection is an Idiot. So it's definitely a straightforward thesis. Uh, but I want you to remember that the libs who are constantly parading around now with their tears on social media about the imminent death of our democracy, they're the ones that are smothering its face with a pillow in the hospital while CNN drones on in the background. They think they're brave for doing it, too. Uh, they, they have no shame. They have no shame after what we saw the, um, in, the, in the four years of Trump's presidency as well when they were lying about Russia collusion. And then there's also a, a Twitter thread I wanted to share with you I thought was particularly worthwhile. I don't know who this guy is. His handle is Martyr Made. Um, but I, I thought you should you should hear what this guy because this is going among conservatives online that I know in the media space who are really smart. I wanted you to hear this analysis. All right. So I, I, this is I'm not going to read all of it because it's long. It's maybe it's maybe 30, 30 or so full tweets. So it's like it's like a 800 word essay. 
Um, but I, I wanted to read some of it to you because I think it does put into perspective what's going on right now. So this is this is from the Twitter handle Martyr Made, and this guy does. He's the host of the Martyr Made podcast and co-host of Unraveling with Jocko Willink. So he hangs out with Jocko, the former Navy SEAL, and they do a podcast together. That's all I know about this guy. Never seen him. Never seen any of his work before. But this was a really good thread. Quote. I think I've had discussions with enough uh, boomer tier Trump supporters who believe the 2020 election was fraudulent to extract a general theory about their perspective. It's also the perspective of most of the people at the Capitol on one six and probably even Trump himself. Most believe some or all of the theories involving midnight ballots, voting machines, etc. But what you find when you talk to them is that while they'll defend these positions with info they got from Hannity or Breitbart or whatever, they're not particularly attached to them. Here are the facts, actual confirmed facts that shape their perspective. The FBI spied on the 2016 Trump campaign using evidence manufactured by the Clinton campaign. We now know that all involved knew it was fake from day one. See Brennan, the CIA director's July 2016 memo, etc. These, meaning the people that are upset about this, are Tea Party people. The types who give their kids a pocket constitution for their birthday and have founding fathers memes in their bios. The intel community spying on a presidential campaign using fake evidence is a big deal to them. It's a very big deal to them. It's something that I still. We have not even begun to come to grips with this as a country and just what a violation it was. And, and what an egregious crossing of the Rubicon really occurred. But I'll get back into this martyr made thread here. Everyone involved lied about their involvement as long as they could. We only learned the DNC paid for the manufactured evidence because of a court order. Comey denied on TV knowing the DNC paid for it when we have emails from a year earlier proving that he knew. This was true with everyone from CIA Director Brennan and Adam Schiff who were on TV saying they'd seen clear evidence of Russia collusion while admitting under oath behind closed doors they hadn't all the way down the line. In the end, we learned that it was all fake. At first, many Trump people were worried there must be some collusion because every media and intel agency wouldn't make it up out of nothing. When it was clear they had made it up, people expected a reckoning and shed many illusions about their government when it didn't happen. We know as fact that the Steele dossier was the sole evidence used to justify spying on the Trump campaign. The FBI knew the Steele dossier was a DNC op. Steele's source told the FBI the info was unserious. They did not inform the court of any of this and just kept spying. Trump supporters knew the collusion case front and back. They went from worrying the collusion might be real to suspecting it might be fake to realizing it was a scam then watched as every institution, agencies, the press, Congress, academia, gaslit them for another year. Worse, collusion was used to scare people away from working in the administration. They knew their entire lives would be investigated. Many quit because they were being bankrupted by legal fees. The DOJ, press, and government destroyed lives and actively subverted an elected administration. End quote. This is what happened. And this is why I keep telling everyone that the Russia collusion farce was unfortunately in many ways successful. It didn't get everything that it sought, but it got a lot of it. It did frighten people away from the administration. It was a constant wound in the Trump White House that had to be tended to. 
there were real consequences to this. And of course, they bogged down White House counsel, the president himself. I mean, think about the psychological, uh, the psychological burden of walking around trying to be the president of the United States while the entire apparatus of Democrat left control is engaged in a giant lie that you know as the president is a lie and any honest, intelligent person knows is a lie. But the corporate media, the Democrat Party, and the intelligence apparatus of the permanent bureaucracy are all acting like it's totally true. I mean, it must have been really like living in the upside-down world for Trump in that sense. And I remember when I spoke to him about the Oval Office, one of the things I thought was so prescient because I had said this, uh, I'd or, or it was so just spot on. I'd said this so many times on radio. I don't know if you heard me ever say it. You might have. I said it's not even a good idea. Russia collusion doesn't even make any sense. No one ever even stopped to question or think about that. You're gonna you're gonna work with Vladimir Putin to help you steal an election. Because then you're gonna have at any moment in time Putin and the F- Putin's FSB is. Right. The internal secret police of Russia, they're going to be able to just drop it out there that you're the illegitimate president of the United States. I mean, who would want that? It's insane. And it wouldn't even work as a means of getting you to win the election either. Oh, yeah. The multi-billion dollar media apparatus fighting it out for American attention and votes is going to be overridden by $100,000 of Russian Facebook ads. Really? Wow. They must be they must really understand American politics. It was always and Trump told me this. Look to me. He said it's a it's a blanking, stupid idea. I'll never forget when the president said that to me. And I was like, yeah, it, it is. It doesn't even make sense. All right. Back into this martyr made thread here. Quote, this is where people whose political identity was largely defined by a naive belief in what they learned in civics class began to see the outline of a regime that crossed all institutional boundaries because it had stepped out of the shadows to unite against an interloper. GOP propaganda still has many of them thinking in terms of partisan binaries, but a lot of supporters see that the regime is not partisan. They all know the same institutions would have taken opposite sides if it was a Tulsi Gabbard versus Jeb Bush election. It's hard to describe to people on the left uh, who are used to thinking of government as a conspiracy, Watergate, WMD, etc., how shocking and disillusioning this was for people who encourage their sons to enlist in the army and hate people who don't stand for the anthem. They could have managed the shock if it only involved the government, but the behavior of the corporate press is really what radicalized them. They hate journalists more than they hate any politician or government official because they feel most betrayed by them. The idea that the press is driven by rating sensationalism became untenable. If that were true, they'd be all over the Epstein story. The corporate press is the propaganda arm of the regime. They now see an outline. Nothing anyone says will ever make them unsee that period. End quote. I mean, it's exactly what I've been saying for years and years now, put very eloquently in this thread. The media's credibility, it's, it's not a talking point that I use just for fun, the media's credibility should be zero. The media does not stand for the people, does not speak the truth, is not ethical, is not honest. And now people know that. They understand that. Come back into this thread. I mean, it's really one of the best things I've read online in a long time. But you should also go to BuckSaxon.com and read my editorial, 
which is fantastic on the January 6th insurrection specifically. Anyone who calls it an insurrection is an idiot. That's the piece. BuckSexon.com. And uh, you can always listen to the podcast there, too. All right. You may think online privacy is a thing of the past. That's why I want you to I want to introduce you rather to secure. They keep your personal and business data away from the prying eyes of hackers and big tech. Secure is perfect for businesses and people who receive and send sensitive material via email and instant messaging. Secure, that's S-E-K-U-R, is a new way for you to protect your information with the ultimate privacy and cybersecurity communications tool. They're an instant messaging and email platform hosted in Switzerland, protecting your data with the strictest data privacy laws in the world. Secure uses proprietary encryption technology, an independent platform, and Swiss privacy laws to ensure complete privacy and security of your data. It assures your personal business and private conversations, messages, and data are kept completely safe and private. They don't mine your data and are not subjected to the Cloud Act. Take back your freedom, privacy, and online security. Go to secure.com. Use coupon code BUCK for one week free and 25% off. That's BUCK at secure, S-E-K-U-R, S-E-K-U-R.com. Use coupon code BUCK. They'll get you a free week and 25% off. Use secure and regain your privacy. Or just a little more of this thread that I've been telling you about here from Mr. Martyr Maid is the handle, the Twitter handle. And here you go. Um, the, uh, it's profoundly disorienting when you find out the press is driven by something other than ratings and sensationalism. Many of them don't know for certain whether ballots were fake, people meaning uh, ballots were faked in November 2020, but they know for certain the FBI, the press, would lie to them if there was. They have every reason to believe that. They watch the press behave like animals for four years. Tens of millions of people will always see Kavanaugh as a gang rapist based on nothing because of CNN. And CNN seems proud of that. They led a lynch mob against a high school kid. They cheered on a summer of riots. They always claimed the media had liberal bias. Fine, whatever. They still thought the press would admit truth if they were cornered. Now they don't. It's a different thing to watch them invent stories whole cloth in order to destroy regular lives and spark mass violence. Time magazine told us that during the 2020 riots, there were weekly conference calls involving, among others, leaders of the protests and local officials who refused to stop them and media people who framed them for political effect. In Ukraine, we call that a color revolution. Throughout the summer, Democrat governors took advantage of covid to change voting procedures. It wasn't just the mail ins. They lowered signature matching standards. After the collusion scam, the fake impeachment, uh, Trump people expected shenanigans, fake impeachment. We now know uh, that Trump's request to Ukraine for cooperation with the DOJ regarding Biden's money activities in Ukraine was in support of an active investigation being pursued by the FBI in Ukraine. It was completely legitimate. Then you get the Hunter laptop scandal. Big tech ran a full on censorship campaign against a major newspaper to protect a political candidate, period. Everyone knows it. All of the tech companies now admit it was a mistake. But yeah, you know what? The election's over. So who cares? Goes without saying that if the New York Times had Don Jr.'s laptop full of pics of him smoking crack and engaging in group sex, lots of lured family drama, emails describing direct corruption and backed up by the CEO of the company they were using, the New York Times wouldn't have been banned. Think back. Stories about Trump being urinated on by Russian prostitutes and blackmailed by Putin were promoted as fact 
and the only evidence was a document paid for by his opposition and disavowed by its source. The New York Post was banned for reporting on true information. The reaction of Trump people to all this was not no fair. That's how they felt about Romney's binders of women in 2012. This is different. Now they see correctly that every institution is captured by people who will use any means to exclude them from the political process. And he even goes on beyond there. It's one of the one of the most insightful Twitter threads I've, I've ever read, to be honest with you. Martyr, Mr. Martyr Maid. I got to find out who this guy really is. Um, but it was it was just spot on. And that's why this is so different now. Everything he says there is true. Everything he's talking about, you could look at yourself and say. Well, yeah, that is what happened. I mean, for me, I, I would say the one of the most radicalizing events in politics for me and and when I realized that the the primary fight here involved taking off the gloves and really going right at the heart of the other side's lies and and just being just being willing to fight, being willing to uh to throw elbows was the Kavanaugh debacle. I mean, they were just lying about this guy in front of his family and tens of millions of Americans saying that he was a gang rapist. There was absolutely no evidence. The women coming out to accuse him were absurdities. They were clearly disturbed and obviously lying. And yet they went with it anyway because the Supreme Court's so important to the the cathedral, so to speak, of the left. And, and we've seen that same lack of, of any decency and ethics play out from the regime uh, for all four years of Trump's presidency. And, and now it continues. This is why they have to keep this insurrection narrative going. They have to hate you. They have to think they have a reason to treat you like a threat to the country instead of the backbone of the country, which is what you are. Biden is an idiot. We know that. He's not a, not a smart guy. He's president of the United States. I don't care. He's unimpressive. He's not smart. They just foisted this guy onto us. They created this whole narrative of anybody but Trump would be better. And so we have this this uh, aging buffoon. He had, a, he had another very senior moment, which it's, is it even worth playing it or letting you hear it at this point? I don't know where he goes. You know, just the usual, the usual Biden nonsense. But he was asked about the fact that Afghanistan is very rapidly uh, deteriorating, and here is uh, here's how he responds to questions about that. Play one. You trust the Taliban, Mr. President? You trust the Taliban, sir? You, is that a serious question? It's absolutely a serious question. You trust the Taliban? You no, I do not. Country to the Taliban? No, I do not trust the, the Taliban. Mr. President, will you amplify that question, please? Will you amplify your answer, please, why you don't trust the Taliban? It's a silly question. Do I trust the Taliban? No. But I trust the capacity of the Afghan military, who is better trained, better equipped, and more competent in terms of conducting war. They're going to lose. Anyone who knows Afghanistan knows that this is where this is heading. They're going to lose. I'm, I'm sad to say that, but this is where we are. But Biden won't just be straight with the American people about the real risk and the dangers here. Instead, he gets smarmy. He gets snippy. And it keeps going. Play two. Will the United States be responsible? 
for the loss of Afghan civilian lives that could happen after no. the military exit? No, no, no. It's up to the people of Afghanistan to decide on what government they want, not us to impose the government on them. No country's ever been able to do that. Keep in mind, as a student of history, as I'm sure you are, never has Afghanistan been a united country, not in all of its history. What, what is, you know, what is he saying? It's up to them to choose their, we, we've, we've spent a, almost a trillion dollars in this country. We, the American people, we've lost thousands of lives, had many thousands more wounded in combat. And his thing is, yeah, they'll fight and, you know, it's up to them to choose their government. Look, I I get that. We want people we want our, our soldiers out of Afghanistan, but let's all be honest about what's going on here. I mean, we're, we're going and we're saying good luck to the Afghan military and the Afghan government's left behind, but it's not going to go well. It's better for us to at least be honest with each other about that and, and understand this is the decision that has been made. Trump wanted us to get out of there. Biden is finishing this by getting us out of there. You see, I'm not going to do that thing that libs would do where now all of a sudden, because the person from the other party is the president, I'm going to pretend like I don't want them to do the thing that I had been supporting previously. No, I think it is time for us to end our end our uh, military presence in Afghanistan. I think we've learned a very painful, very difficult lesson as a nation. It's one we we better learn, too, because Give it five years, give it 10 years. There'll be people who are saying, got to go into Iran, got to go into Iran and rebuild it. Oh, it's so important. And I, I can tell you right now, I'll be out there in the streets with the anti-war protesters saying, "Nah, we're not doing that. We're, we're not we're not rebuilding someone else's country for them in, in our image and failing, by the way, because it's not really possible. They don't want it. You're not going to make them have it. People say, oh, what about Germany, Buck? And what about Japan? Yeah, those nation states, first of all, were completely brought to their knees militarily. And second, uh, they took to the form of government and they took to the. The aid and the structure that the Western nations led by the United States uh, put forth for them. Afghanistan did not. Iraq is kind of hanging on, although not not very well. So I would ju- I would just prefer if we would all be in a place of honesty about this instead of having Biden act like he's so smart and, and he's you know, he's got the answers here. Um, Joe Biden's brilliant plan. I remember this because I was working CIA Iraq at the time. He was going around run- when he was running for president in 2008. Remember that he ran then he got like two percent of the vote because everyone's like this guy's an idiot. He's the president now. Two percent of the vote guy or one percent of the vote guy that all Democrats thought was a moron 10 years ago. Now he's the president because he's gotten smarter. No, in fact, if anything, he's deteriorated. But it's just all about whatever they whatever they could do to win, whatever the narrative was and how they could fit him into it. That was all they cared about. Um, So there you have it. Uh, The covid madness is coming back. You know that, right? They're not they're not going to let this go. I know some of you want me to stop talking about covid and masks and I want to stop talking about it. They have not abandoned this yet they haven't given up so we're just we're living in a in a fantasy if we really think that what's happening here is that if we just stop talking about it they'll stop talking about it. first of all on cnn there are people going on on air who are talking about 
mandating vaccines. Play three. Uh, I do think uh, it's time to start mandating uh, vaccines. And I think that private industry and private organizations will do that. You know, at GW University, where I work, uh, starting uh, this fall, you can't be on campus unless you're fully vaccinated. Look, I think that we're at, in the part of the pandemic now where the, the problem in this country is that 150 million Americans are not vaccinated. Now, half of that uh, uh, number is uh, less than 18 years of age. But let's look at the adults. 75 million adults have chosen not to get vaccinated. And that choice has consequences. Now, we can't force you to take a jab in the arm, but there are many jobs, perhaps, that can prevent you from working if you decide not to get vaccinated. So I think we need to be more proactive, and I think we will see uh, industry take the lead in this. Yeah, it's not coercion, but it's coercion. That's what you're being told. That's where they want to go now. They want to make sure that you you uh, bend the knee on this one and that you, you do as you're told. Be a good be a good little boy or girl and get that vaccine or else, you know, you can't travel. You can't get a job. You can't go to work. It's your choice, though. We're just going to exclude you from society entirely. You know, this is like in, in uh, ancient times, they would ostracize you from your your city. You'd be sent out. And in many cases, that could be a death sentence, because if you were kicked out of the polis in ancient Greece, for example, and had to scratch out a living in the countryside without any family, without any land, you know, good luck. Uh, in this case, it's almost like you're being ostracized within the city walls. I mean, you can stay kind of, but you can't actually interact or do anything. That's the way that they're setting this up. That's that's the plan here. That's the the purpose of all this. Here's Dr. Fauci telling you, you got to go. Look, I know you're probably tired of all the lectures. I know you're tired of hearing me say all these things, but I'm not done lecturing you. So you're going to listen. And here it is. Fauci saying, oh, yeah, vaccine time. You better do it. Eleven. As shown on this uh, study, uh, this uh, story from the New York Times, the world is understandably worried about the Delta virus variant. But studies showed, as I've showed you on the previous four or five slides, that the vaccines indeed are effective against it. The only conclusion one can reasonably come to from looking what I've told you over the last few minutes is please get vaccinated. It will protect you against the surging of the Delta variant. Everyone who wants to get vaccinated has gotten vaccinated. They can keep doing all the, oh my gosh, this one's so much worse, this time so much worse, but the people who want to get vaccinated have been vaccinated in this country. So for the rest of us, it's just a function of how much more of this public public service announcement, you know, health agitation stuff do we have to deal with? And the answer is it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. I mean, even even CDC's Walensky, remember her? I have this feeling of impending doom. Remember that a few months ago? Meanwhile, cases crashed for the last few months, just just fell off a cliff, which is great. The pandemic basically ended, but she was telling us three months ago, I have an impending doom feeling. You just have to listen to us. You have to listen to us or else. She still wants you to wear a mask if you're not vaccinated. You know that? Mask up forever, peasant, until you get that shot. And then it's going to be mask up again until you get the booster every single year. Play five. 
Yeah, I, I don't have a lot to add except to say that we do know that you are protected if you are vaccinated from hospitalization, severe disease, and death. Data in our country and numerous other countries have demonstrated that. I want to emphasize, however, that if you are not vaccinated, first, you should go get vaccinated. But second, until you are fully vaccinated, you are definitively not protected from disease that is around you. And in those situations, we would absolutely continue suggest continuing to wear a mask. Continue to wear a mask. They're going to want you to wear a mask forever. I've told you. Unless you obey. And then you'll have to be told to obey again. And again. And again. The show ain't over yet, folks. It's time for Roll Call. Producer Mark, I'm here. Uh, with my man, he's going to tell me about the weekend. My main man, Mark, what's going on, buddy? What do you got for us? What's on the What's on the docket? Oh, I've got another wedding this weekend. They just don't stop. Really? Yeah. Where's the wedding? Uh, it's on Long Island this time, so luckily I don't have to go anywhere. Oh, okay. Very nice. And the Snow Princess is actually here as I'm doing the show today. Say, just say hi, Team Buck, loud enough that they can hear you. You're, this is you're making your vocal debut. There she is. Could, could we hear that? She's doing work. Yes, I could hear so, it. Okay, there we go. So now people know that she exists. Or I just paid an actor to come in and say that. Or, or I, I just fired could. off a clip. That's right. Or, or producer Mark just fired off a clip of a, of a, beautiful, a beautiful young woman saying, hey, Team Buck. But, I, you know, hi, hi, honey. So she's saying hi to everybody right now. Um, and roll call time. So wait, where, where the wedding is where again? You just told me, but I forgot. On Long Island, only about a half hour away from me. What town? Uh, I'm not even sure what, I guess, Syosset area, I think. Uh, okay, okay. I was like, you know, Long Island is a big, big place, big place. Fancy, fancy place, too. A lot of, lot of nice stuff going uh, my, on. There. My wife's in the party, so I just know to show up and when. Yeah, wedding stuff, you realize your guys, you get older, especially if you're in the plus one. Uh, wedding stuff is, you just have to, you're like playing your part. You know, you just show yeah. up and you do what you're told and you smile and you stand for photos and you smile and, you know, I feel like Wedding Crashers was false advertising because that's not how it goes. 100%. And if your significant other is in the wedding party and you're not, you're just kind of awkwardly standing there if you don't know anyone else. Not much to do. Just waiting for them to be done with their duties. Mm-hmm. I've been to so many weddings at this point that I'm, I'm just not really a, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna, I got my brother's wedding this summer, which I'm very excited about. So that'll be great. But when I, you know, the plus one wedding situation, it can be fun. And look, for you, it's good. Half an hour is fine. I, I just don't like it when it's, I'd rather do either destination wedding if it's a fun place or I want it less than an hour drive. For me, the ones that drive me nuts is, you know, you, it's like not far enough to fly and it's like a two and a half or three and a half hour drive. And then it's like, do you have to overnight there and all that stuff? So. That's where I am. It depends on who it is. If it's someone I truly care about, a close friend, family member, I'm okay with going wherever they're going to have their wedding. If it's some wedding I don't really want to be at, uh, the most convenient way possible to get there and, and, you know, closest as possible, that's what I want. I agree. Well, I'm going to uh, bring in some of your wonderful thoughts and, uh, and your voices to your team. So thank you so much for writing in. Remember, Facebook.com slash Buck Sexton, or you can email us at teambuck at iheartmedia.com. 
and uh, make sure you pass the buck. Tell people about it. Producer Mark, when you're at the wedding, if you meet anybody who's right wing, you're going to tell them to download the Buck Sexton Show, right? Of course. I actually wear a sign on my chest that says download the Buck Sexton Show podcast. And I, he doesn't even make me pay him extra for that, guys. That's how dedicated he is. So we appreciate that. You know, you could stand up when they're doing the toasts for the wedding and just say, hey, everybody, make sure you download the Buck Sexton Show podcast. And I think what my friend here is trying to say is love is blind. That'd be a great way to go home early. Yeah. 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 I think Mrs. Mark might Mrs. Mark might give you a code red on that one. Yeah. No, her eyes would pop out yeah. of her head for sure. Yeah. You'd get you'd get hit with the soap in the uh, in the pillowcase. All right. Roger, first up here, Buck, all hail the White Claw. I'm an army dude. I have no shame admitting I love them. Watermelon is my go-to, but they're all good. Producer Mark, you are our resident White Claw expert. What say you? All right, more roll call continuing here with Dave. Hey, Buck, it's so refreshing to hear all the young callers to your show with Clay. You guys are crushing it. It's awesome. You're still looking to expand your podcast. The Freedom Hut and Producer Mark are still a part of my daily routine. Dave, we appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Great to have you here. Uh, and, and thank you for, for doing, uh, doing both, man. If you tune into the Clay and Buck show, but also this is the, the Buck show solo. So obviously it's a different experience. Um, and it's not, not a co-hosted experience. Andrew, hey, Buck, active duty Marine lawyer here. I want to address the issue of recommended reading lists for the military. In the case of the Marine Corps, as part of our formal evaluation process, we're required to read at least five books from the Commandant's professional reading list every year. I'm thankful we don't have books from Ibram X. Kendi or Robin D'Angelo yet. But when military brass scoff at the reading list as merely recommendations, they ignore large incentives in the evaluation and therefore promotion process. Andrew. Really important insights, man. Thank you so much. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that uh, civilians wouldn't know on the outside. And yeah, they, that's it's so classic, isn't it? The general Millie is all oh, it's just a reading list doesn't even matter. Well, it does matter. Actually, people are going to read that and it matters. So. All right, Fiona. Hey, Buck, it would be worth knowing whether Raytheon and any other big defense contractor are required by the Department of Defense to do critical race theory programs in order to maintain their contracts. Having worked for DOD for many years, I know that is not an unusual practice. Love your show. Fiona, we love you. Thank you so much. We love all Team Buck. Thank you for listening. And, uh, yeah. That, oh, what was she, Mark, what did she actually ask me a thing, though? What was that? Oh, yes. Knowing whether Raytheon and other contractors are required to do CRT. Good question. I, I don't know, but somebody should look into that. Ken writes, Buck OSS here. You must bring back Kami Bear. All right, comrade. We all work on this. We'll work on it. We're thinking about it. We're going to try. Carlin, tap into your podcast after listening to you sit in for a rush some time ago. Have really enjoyed you ever since. Brilliant. And now Buck and Clay, you both bring uniquely different but distinctly the same perspectives with your own authenticity. I was late to the draw with Rush, but got a few good years in. You're both fantastic. Well, Carlin, thank you so much. Great to have you listening. And that's a perfect place for me to say to everybody, please pass the buck. That's right. Tell someone in your life. Share with them. That's the best way to do it. Text somebody. If you got a friend that you share like right wing memes with or conservative news stories, you email them or you text them. Just share the link for the Buck Sexton podcast and say, hey, you got to check this guy out. Come on. We're doing what? 35, 40 minutes a day. Such an easy listen. Right. Producer Mark. I mean, you could listen to Buck and then throw in some Kenny G. Exactly. You could listen to them, to, to them together. Give us a soundtrack. 
Kenny G in the background of the Freedom Hut. It would work great. So pass the buck, uh, please. That's the way this show continues to grow. Yes, I have 400 plus stations now for the other show, but this show is only now a podcast. As you know, this is a digital only venture. So please, by all means, make sure you spread the word about it. We want to continue to make these numbers grow and reach more folks and we'll be able to plan more stuff. Yes, we're hoping to start doing a video component of this broadcast. Yes, we're hoping to do a live stream of it. There's all kinds of stuff we've got in the works, but we got to make sure that more and more people are listening. I mean, come on, there's all these commies on the podcast news list ahead of us right now on uh, the Apple rankings, and that's just unacceptable. So help us beat the commies. Make sure you subscribe to the Buck Sexton Show and you tell someone about it. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll talk to you Monday. Shields high.